We are going live here for a Tuesday Talks. Uh, now we all know that Tuesday Talk is all about getting to know an individual and finding out what makes them tick, what do they care about, how their career reflects that, and what motivates them to keep going. Now, today's guest is called Fred Rutman, also goes by the name of Repeatedly Dead Fred. And he is he's an author of a memoir called The Summer I Died 20 Times, uh, and it's, which is due to be released, and it should be by in, in this month, I believe. We'll get Fred on uh, and get him to talk about it a bit more and understand what he does. You there, Fred? Uh, let me just see if we can get you on. Hi, Fred. How are you doing? Good, Zishan. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you very much for taking the time out and hopping on to choose the talks. My pleasure. I'm thrilled to be on. And thank you for your patience with helping me figure out how to get on this. As, <laughs> as I told you before, I'm a newbie. I've never done one of these. So... Uh, Thank no, you. It, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. No, no problem. That's, that's all wonderful and great. Um, we, we, we are here and I'm sure this will be your first of many uh, Instagram lives that you'll continue to do by yourself as well. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. Um, I've done a short introduction for you already. Um, but, you know, you're the best person to expound on that and let us know who you are, what you do. And the biggest question that kicks off to the talks and everybody likes to know on here as well is, you know, why do you do it, Fred? Well, that's a great question. Um, and I get asked that a lot. I don't know if I have a perfect answer, but I'm going with my gut. You know, because yeah, I've been clinically dead so many times. Um, and by clinically dead, I mean my heart has stopped beating for 30 seconds and I've stopped breathing for 30 seconds or more wow. both at the same time. People say to me, you know, like there must be some higher purpose for you or God must have wanted you around or, you know, whatever religious philosophy you have. Mm. And I'm just going with my best guess because until that one time I don't come back to life, I'm really not going to have an answer. <laughs> so... I, I think people go through a lot of crazy bad stuff like I have. And so many people have been generous to me and helped me through it all from, you know, taking me to doctor's appointments and cooking me meals after I got out of the hospital and uh, just being supportive that I feel I need to do the same for others who might not have that. Mm. And that's the boiled down answer. Uh, and I and I love that. So your book, um, I think it's already out because it meant to come out in March this year, right? Is that a certain date it's coming out or is it already out? Um, I think it comes out on the 9th, but it's on pre-order right now on Amazon. Oh, okay. And and I, lo I, love, I love how your journey goes from, you know, uh, are you able to take us through a bit more in terms of, what's happened that clinically that part in terms of like what was happening if 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 you're okay with sharing a little bit more for people sure. for our audience to understand uh, and then we can expand on to seeing what you're doing and why you're doing obviously you're, you're giving back to the community which uh, helped you every time getting to those appointments and everything um, but let's try to understand as well also why and what happened 
Well, what happened is I was marking economics papers. I was a college professor. And, um, you know, some people say tech, taking economics is the equivalent of death. Um, <laughs> marking economics papers can also be the equivalent of death. And um, I just found myself suddenly, I thought I was waking up and I had like the craziest dream. But it was like there were these fireworks or explosions going on all around me. And I could, they were so bright, my eyes hurt, even though my eyes were closed. And wow. I could actually feel the explosions. Like I was getting the snot kicked out of me. And I didn't know what was happening. And then I sort of came to and I was breathing heavy and uh, sweating. And I just thought, well, this is weird. I must just be exhausted. And uh, maybe it's time to stop marking the papers and get some sleep. So I decided to get up and started moving towards my bedroom. And boom, the same thing happened to me. And wow. you know, uh, I remember opening my eyes finally and looking up and seeing the pot lights in the ceiling. And, uh, you know, and then I said, come on, get to bed. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Then I woke up in the door jam. And, you know, I was just soaking wet. And I thought, man, I must have some sort of flu or food poisoning or something. And uh, I finally dragged myself into bed. And, you know, it never happened again until about a month later. So I had no idea how serious this condition was. I didn't even know it was a condition. So, um, yeah, it went downhill from there. Um, I went to the emergency probably six or eight times over the next few months. Mm. And uh, I'm not trying to slag on the, the medical profession because, you know, all our medical systems have their, their flaws and stuff. So this is just what happened to me. And the doctors kept proving to, kept trying to prove I was having a heart attack. And, okay. you know, they, they do these blood tests and, um, because I do have some brain damage, memory problems from this. I don't remember the names of the enzymes, but if they see these enzymes in your blood, you've had a heart attack. But they weren't seeing these enzymes in my blood. And, you know, I'm a middle-aged fat white guy, probably needs to exercise more. And uh, I can see why they would come to the conclusion that it's it should be a heart attack. But, you know, after like the 10th, 12th, 15th time you've tested and it shows negative, maybe it's time for you to try exploring something else. <laughs> That's what I would think as well. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, they didn't until it was forced upon them. And uh, I, I ended up in another hospital and they put something on me called a Holter monitor, which was invented by a guy named, surprisingly, Dr. Holter. And uh, it measures your your heart's electrical in real time. And um, that actually caught me in the middle of a couple of episodes. And they eventually figured out um, that my heart was stopping. So I have a condition that's called uh, a third-degree heart block or a full AV block, atrial vent ventricle. And... Um, but that doesn't usually show up 
except in men in their, you know, early mid seventies. Oh, wow. So, okay. So I was a bit of an overachiever in that regard. <laughs> and, and you really can't catch that unless you catch it in the moment. So the, you know, this doctor who I felt in the hospital hadn't been really invested in me. Mm. And in the book, I call him Dr. Bland because there's <laughs> nothing I remember about him. He was just the blandest person I've ever met. He comes running into my room and, uh, I'm going to say the S word if that's okay. Go for it. Holy shit. Your heart's been stopping. You've been dead. What? <laughs> and, uh, and that's when they figured out they had to do uh, some radical surgery on me. And that was wow. uh, the summer I died 20 times. So that was from May 2009 to August 2009. Wow, and, and and you've put all that in 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 your memoir book, uh, which is coming out on nineteenth. I remember you saying so. And and there's a doctor Bland in there. Is there a doctor colorful as well? I guess. Uh, no, but I do have some, you know, superstar doctors in there. Um, you know, my therapist uh, is Doctor Plie. Um, she was she was going to be a ballerina. Uh, ended up. Okay becoming a psychiatrist. Um, Dr. Pedals, as in Pedals a Bike, is my one of my cardiologists. He's a great guy. Uh, uh-huh. Dr. Kugel is the doctor who put in my pacemakers. Um, and he's a wizard. He's like Harry Potter level wizard. Because what happened to me after 2013 is, is almost never stuff done before medically. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I love this and I, I love that journey of yours, obviously, uh, them trying to just test on you to see, oh, you had an heart attack, just go with the obvious thing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's an heart attack, uh, putting you in that box and stereotyping it uh, mm-hmm. and then still not finding anything. And then, right, what do we do? Then obviously it got forced upon, right, let's try something else. There's other tests to be done. And because mm-hmm. I would be thinking that as well after after maybe the fourth time, I would like I think it's time to do something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've done so many, and I'm I'm surprised. You know the doctors that keep going. Um, you know every every health system has their own flaws, and there's a system that run, governs it, and hence they have to do the things they have to do. So right, so right. no not no right or wrong answer there. They'd have to do what they have to do. But I love that obviously you 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 are here to tell the story. Um, so take yeah. us through your take us through your book. Um, is there uh, is there uh, a chapter that you really want us to to read, or or take us through a, a one of the paragraphs that you think you know has this essence of what you really was trying to, what you really were trying to convey the message there? Yeah. Well, I think the the first quarter of the book is you know, sort of like my origin story, how I became Fred before I became repeatedly dead Fred. And um, I, I try and establish the, the fact that it's being written by a person with brain damage. So what you're going to see is not necessarily linear. And I write it the same way I speak now. And I can go off on tangents like you wouldn't believe. So... <laughs> Fair warning, that might happen. And uh, and some people have a challenge with that. And there's a lot of sarcasm. And um, there's a some dark humor. 
and I'm Jewish, so there's some uh, viewpoints on traditional Judaism and heaven and hell and all sorts of things like that. Um, and the struggle, like you meet all sorts of amazing people on these journeys and all sorts of awful people. Like I remember a couple of days after um, my surgery, I, I was at synagogue and this big guy, like I'm a, I'm a fairly big guy. I played rugby. I can take a hit. Um, but this was a much bigger guy and he came up behind me and he slapped me on the back, like very powerful. And he's like, hey, I heard you just had heart surgery. Like oh. he knocked me into the pews. Like it's just unbelievable, you know. You meet the very best, and you meet absolute idiots. <laughs> I was like, so? if if you're gonna, uh, I was thinking maybe he doesn't know that you just had a heart surgery. If he knows, I wouldn't be doing that. You'd be like tap, nice tap on the shoulder, or coming around to the front so that you're aware that I've I've just showed up, and then have a conversation. <laughs> wow, that is some heavy slap there. Yeah. So. It's crazy. Um, for specific chapters, I, I've written the book in micro chapters. So like some, some chapters are maybe only two or three pages. Mm. And with fun titles, I tried to put fun titles. Um, but I think, you know, my first pacemaker replacement, which was in 2013, um, I forget which chapter it is, but it's when I have to go through all this all over again because the pacemaker started to fail. And, you know, they're not really supposed to do that. And I'm 100% dependent on the pacemaker to keep me alive. So for those in the audience that don't know what pacemakers are, they're little microcomputers um, that they put inside you and they have a couple of leads or wires that uh, connect a battery to your heart and it replaces the signals in your heart that are no longer there because uh, basically with my condition, um, the electrical system in your heart dies. And, uh, but something we think, and this is conspiracy theory for those of you who like this stuff, something must have happened in the first surgery when they initially put the first pacemaker in, and it ended up cracking one of the pacemaker leads, insulation and it started shorting out. So I started collapsing again with my heart stopping because it interrupted the, the electrical signal, and they wow. figured it out. And again, because it's not an easy thing to diagnose, and I went in for the surgery, and they were just cutting me open, and I'll save a lot of it for the book, otherwise you won't buy the book. Of course, but, <laughs> of course. But uh, I code it on the, on the table. So when you code, if you, you know, from the TV shows, that means, you know, your heart stops and, and everything. And all hell breaks loose. And wow. uh, so I knew that my heart had stopped before the doctors could see it on the monitors. Because I had been okay. through it so many times. And I just yeah, said something yeah. like, oh, F, I'm gone. And then I don't know how many seconds later, because well, you're on I these. Yeah, and then you're on these pacing pads, and then they had to do they had to abort the surgery, but do a different surgery because they had to put a temporary pacemaker in, and they do that through your groin, through the femoral artery. Um, but in all this bedlam and you know scrambling to find these parts, nobody thought to sterilize me or anesthetize the region. 
so uh, I'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> Yeah, we leave that to the uh, leave that to the book. So that that'd be quite inter- interesting read. To yeah, uh, um, yeah, wow. I mean, that I can I can. Uh, it's it's really interesting to to hear uh, you know how these errors can can dramatically change or bring back to to what you were experiencing before, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then to go through and and you know flatlining again. For and then them trying to run around and wow, it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing thing that you've you've overcome and obviously you're you're uh, you're here to now tell and I'm sure mm-hmm. as as people are telling you obviously you've you've got probably a higher purpose to some to do mm-hmm. something or only you know what that is or you you're on a journey to find that out. Um, and uh, you've also started doing uh, podcasting uh, as well. Take us through yeah. through that. What's that pod- podcast about? Um, the, I have a podcast called the Dead Man Walking Podcast. It's only on YouTube so far because I'm still trying to figure out this editing thing. Is you know, <laughs> I'm worse at editing than I am at getting on Instagram Live. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I have four main focuses on on the podcast the first is uh talking to people who have gone from through some um adversity and showed great resilience and came out on the other side you know hopefully a better person so i I connect with those people really well as i mentioned i used to be a business professor so i like talking to small business people and talking financial literacy so uh, i have those topics um a lot of people help me get my book to the finish line, so I also feel an obligation to help uh, new and emerging writers uh, get their stories out because the traditional publishers just miss so many great stories because mm. um, they have to go for the big volumes, you know, the Obamas or whoever. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the little guys like me have a hard time getting their voice out. And lastly... Um, I talk about mental health and wellness and particularly intermittent fasting because intermittent fasting outside the pacemaker is the only reason I'm alive right now. So. Wow. That's quite, that's quite interesting uh, to hear about the intermittent fasting there as well, which mm-hmm. is uh, that you, you've, uh, you've started doing uh, mm-hmm. and, and the support that you created for maybe that's, that's what it is that that support that you are helping other writers uh, and, the other people who've gone through the adversity, giving them uh, also the voice to come and talk about it and 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 get it, get themselves out there, um, mm-hmm. getting getting the getting the book out there. I I, I know it's it's a huge thing, uh, mm-hmm. and getting it out there independently. If you're going through the publisher, uh, you know, big publisher, as you said, yeah, they they look for the big numbers, and if if you're not that, it's, mm-hmm. it's a waste of time for them uh, and, and effort. So. Um, congratulations on that you know your, Thank you. your book coming up and uh, and your your journey it, i'm i'm just in, in an awe of the of the journey and it, it's something i would recommend whoever's listening to this live now on instagram or later on in in, in the podcast versions it, it will be a few months uh, that it will take before uh, it will come out uh, on uh, uh, as a podcast version so i've got i'm a bit um, 
backdated on the on the I've got a backlog on the podcast version, so that's a bit sure. there. Uh, but this it will be here for people to uh, to listen to. And whilst whilst you've been doing all this, um, and and when you came out on the other side, uh, what I want to know, and I'm sure people in, uh, uh, listening also would look, uh, like to know as well, is what was what was going through your mind when you came to on the other side, and you know you have your pacemaker and everything, and now you've been asked um, to make some changes or something. I don't know what was what was that reaction there. Well, in the summer of two thousand nine, when Almost every time that my heart stopped, I collapsed and hit my head on something unbelievably hard, you know, like wow. a curve or a, a cement countertop or just, you know, hardwood, not even hardwood, uh, cement floors in a commercial building or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, a manhole cover. So I sustained a whole bunch of concussions. And with all that, plus the lo- lack of oxygen, from, you know, not breathing and that kind of stuff. Um, I had some pretty significant brain damage that I'm still working my way through. And to be honest, I didn't realize how messed up I was <laughs> because I was just too battered. You know, that cognition was gone. And I was having balance problems and depth perception problems. And, you know, I was... I can't tell you how many times I almost fell downstairs um, and, uh, you know, riding my bike was difficulty. I had to stop driving um, and all sorts of things. Um, I've been learning Hebrew since I was five. So we have our daily prayers that you do depending on how religious you are two, three times a day. My friends brought me my prayer book in the hospital and I went to start reading them. I could no longer read Hebrew. It oh, had wow. no, an entire language out of my head. So it was, wow. you know, I just couldn't wrap my head around what was happening to me. It's, it took a number of years for me to figure out how, how close I was. And um, last year I was on a podcast with Dr. Stefan Neff. He's a, uh, I hope I got his name right. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> um, um, he's an anesthetist ER doctor in Australia. And he told me what happens to me if I'm not in the hospital, the odds of survival are one in a hundred. And this happened to me 20 times. And so each time the odds of you surviving get significantly smaller and smaller. Mm. So just from that 2009 year, the odds are pretty stacked against me that I'm alive. But then this happened again in 2013 and 2018. So, um, yeah, somebody's got a reason they want me out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that's definitely there. So, and, and thanks for, for for sharing that. You know, the vulnerability side of things as well. In terms of, and it, it's, I'm. I, I, I'm surprised to hear that, you know, that uh, the whole language just disappeared. Not like, okay, I don't understand what are these certain letters, maybe certain mm-hmm. are there, but I don't know. I can see the letters, but I don't know what they come along as. I know the word, letters, but I can't make the words out. 
well, mm-hmm. you know, losing the whole language in terms of what is this, uh, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, that that's that's just phenomenal there. That uh, so did you then have to start uh, learning Hebrew back up again, and you're up to speed with it, or it's not as good as yeah. what you you know because you were reading that since five. So that's, yeah, uh, that's... I definitely can't read as fast as I used to, and I definitely struggle with some words still. Um, and sometimes I don't remember what the words mean. Mm. So, you know, you're flipping back between Hebrew and English and Hebrew and English. And it's sort of, you know, prayer is supposed to be sort of like a meditative reflexive thing. And when you have to keep doing the back and forth and the back and forth and, you know, stopping and starting, it's, uh, it, it sort of lessens the experience. So you're, you're, you're missing the flow of the continuum um, yeah. that you're supposed to have, right? Yeah. And you're supposed to pray in a group, right? And so there's a certain pace you're expected to keep. And it, it's frustrating when you can't keep that pace when you knew you used to be able to do it. Mm. That's, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously wonderful to hear that you are picking that up again. And, and uh, obviously not at that full pace that you would love to be, um, but mm-hmm something is better than nothing. That's how I look at things as well most of the times. And so how, how is your um, day-to-day routine for, for the moment, right? Okay, so you, you've mentioned uh, intermittent fasting. So obviously you had to make some lifestyle changes. Um, mm-hmm. How was that for you uh, once you've, you know, uh, I didn't want to, I don't want to use the word of re- rehabilitation because that's not, maybe that's not what that is, but mm-hmm. uh, it's like coming back to some sort of normality, like, you know, day-to-day things that you would like to continue and carry on doing? Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't able to go back to work. So, you know, I've been on permanent disability, and um, so things were difficult financially, for sure. Um, But I just kept trying to get better, you know, whether mentally, physically, emotionally, and stuff like that. And I happened upon intermittent fasting through Dr. Petals, the cardiologist. I was seeing him for a regular visit, and I'm waiting in the exam room, and he comes in and he throws this book at me, and he says, buy this, read this, do this, but only after you get approval from your other six doctors that I'm under the care of. So uh, that took a little while. The book was called The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung, and it's all about the medical reasons intermittent fasting is unbelievable for your body and for weight loss. And the medical, um, the medical society knows about it and they try and poo poo it. Poo poos it. But to be honest, we ate this way for hundreds of thousands of years before we, figured out how to be agrarian and how to process food the way we do now. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty normal to go 20 or 30 or 40 hours without a meal. And, um, and that's the way our bodies seem to be happiest about it. So I was, I went along with those protocols and uh, I thought it would be much harder than it was. And it wasn't actually that difficult. And then um, I happened upon a lady named Jen Stevens, and she had a huge Facebook group of like 350,000 
people. And she wrote a book called Delay, Don't Deny. And it differed from Dr. Fung's book in that it actually told you the various ways you could fast because one way might work for me, but not for you. Mm. And uh, so she made it very, very user-friendly. And I actually became a moderator in her group. And so I really had to ramp up my knowledge game <laughs> of intermittent fasting. Um, Jin's philosophy on intermittent fasting is that it's a health plan with a side benefit of weight loss. And mm. he wrote an even better book uh, after Delay, Don't Deny called Fast, Feast, Repeat. So if I'm introducing anyone to intermittent fasting, that's, that's my Bible. That's what I tell them to read. And uh, once they read it, I'm happy to help them with any questions or concerns they have. I do love that title though, Fast, Feast, Repeat. Mm -hmm. that is, that's I wish a, I could yeah, claim it was mine. <laughs> but had nothing to do with it. Oh, it's it's a it's a very memorable uh, name there as well. But it's it's so it's, uh, obviously uh, intermittent fasting is is known out there, and a lot of people talk about it. And as you said, yeah, medical professionals do um, do not like people to talk about it. But that you've got the book and mm -hmm. the journey started for you there, which is which is amazing. And mm -hmm. uh, you know. I wanted to say thank you very much for coming on to Tuesday Talks and sharing your amazing journey, sharing your vulnerabilities with us as well, and talking about your book and uh, the uh, other doctor's book as well. Um, mm -hmm. Recommend people to go and check it out, uh, you know, your book. Definitely worth the read from what we heard today. We just, we want to know <laughs> a little bit more. And definitely, I'll recommend everybody to read it. Um, how can they uh, go about getting that book? If uh, well, it's available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. I'm not sure because uh, Amazon's kind of fragmented for as mm. all powerful as they are. You know, sometimes <laughs> uh, the books don't get distributed to countries equally. So I'm for sure on those. Um, I think it's going to be in Barnes and Noble in the states. Um, probably chapters Indigo in Canada. Um, or they can uh, message me on Instagram, uh, repeatedly dead Fred, um, and I can try and arrange a copy for them if they'd like. That is amazing. I'm, I'm sure uh, people can try all those avenues. Uh, Amazon.com usually, yeah, usually that works. I think they try to switch you, and they probably just charge you extra if you're if you're shipping it across. But uh, yeah. Just get in touch with uh, repeatedly dead Fred, uh, and then you, 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 I'm sure you can also sort that out as well for them. Uh, now it's a tradition on Tuesday talks that what we usually get um, the guests to also before we wrap these things up to share some closing comments as to what would they like to leave the guests and the listeners uh, with. Um, so, what would you like to leave everybody with as a wrap up? as we wrap this up life is going to be hard sometimes and you don't have to face it alone and i had all these wonderful people from my various communities step up for me people i didn't even know um and you know i couldn't have done this without my family and and those people so if you're feeling isolated reach out because there are people that want to help you they're actually they'd love to help you uh, um, 
you just have to let them know that you're available to be helped. And I'm not saying that's easy to do. Um, you know, you can feel pretty vulnerable with things like that, but um, it'll make a huge difference both in your life and in their lives because you're, you're actually the fuel that feeds them because they want to do good things for other people. Um, one of the other things I learned from this journey is I, I think it's from Malcolm Gladwell, um, who's written a number of, of bestsellers. But as you become older, you become the composite personality of the five or seven or 10 or however many people you spend the most time with. And when you become surrounded with people like I have that are just, you know, off the charts, good souls, you, you absorb it by osmosis and, I have become a much better person, I say very humbly, um, than I was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, yes, some of it's my work, but a lot of it is just having those constant examples of how to be a better person around you. And uh, that alone can help people recover their health and change the directions of their lives. Your mindset is everything. Uh, I, I, lo I love that. And I love that the, 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 the last line you just mentioned there as well. Your, your mindset is everything. Uh, because I was going to ask, you know, you, you had to have a, a very strong mindset to have and continue. Because uh, listening to what you've gone through, um, you know, as, as you hear, people usually um, give up or, or say, what's the point of, of doing anything that you're doing now, you know, they'll, they'll mm -hmm. look for the bottle or look for whatever escapism that they can get to not be in the situation that you are. But uh, I love how you um, pivoted and used this uh, to uplift yourself as well. And with the supports mm -hmm. of uh, your community of uh, people, you know, already family members, strangers uh, who were just there to help. And, you know, you acknowledge that and you accept it. Okay, let, let, let them help you, um, which you're right, 100% is, is difficult to ask. And sometimes it's d difficult to accept as well. You know, pe when people are helping you, we are like, no, no, I'm okay. Let, let, you know, you, I'm fine. No, don't do this. And, you know, those little, little things. People are just trying to help. Uh, what I always say as well, just accept it. It's, it's coming your way. You just need to accept it, be, you know, and say thank you and whatever you need to say. Uh, you just need to accept it. It's no point. If it wasn't meant for you, it won't come your way anyway. So if it's coming mm -hmm. your way, it's, Very it's true. for you. So you just accept it and be grateful that it's, it's, it's been acknowledged. So, and I love mm -hmm. that it's, it's all happened to you in terms of becoming a, even a better person, as you just said. Um, you know, it's, it's a shame that it has to, you have to go through an adversity to, to obviously see that light. Mm -hmm. But it's, you've seen it, you, you're there and, and you're here to share that journey. So I, I love that. And thank you very much for taking the time out to share this with us. Uh, just a quick message for people who are now tuning into this on Instagram Live and watching this uh, now. Uh, this will be left on Instagram Live as a uh, as an episode uh, for 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 until it's been released on uh, on platform or for podcast. So you are able to rewatch this uh, if you've just tuned in. And if this episode has sparked 
a inspiration in you or sparked something in you, it's our duty now to share this with whoever, whomever comes in your mind or you think that should be the person listening to this, just tag that person into this episode or just share it on your stories or, or with that person because we, should, we need to share the spark or inspiration that comes within us and not just keep it with us because that's all we need to start the spark in the other person and get them to take that step there because we don't know who's just woken up or gone to bed thinking of a better day. Uh, and if this episode's created that spark for you, it might just create that for them as well. Is because we're working with that might, you know, it it might just happen, uh, and and that person just does the whole three sixty turn and then takes that step. So um, once again, thank you very much, uh, Fred, and repeatedly dead Fred as well. Thank you uh, for coming on uh, and taking us through this amazing journey of yours. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This has been a great experience. And I love the way you summed everything up at the end. That was, that was fantastic. No, thank you very much. So this episode will be left uh, uh, on both sides, on both uh, platforms, because it will be done as a collaboration. So just keep an eye out on your message. Uh, there will be an in, a message there saying it's a collaboration. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.